7.30 and it is the Tilton Talk Show, the show that keeps you going all through this crisis that we're in. We ain't going to give up every single Monday we're going to be here. We're doing it through Zoom. We're all furloughed at home from the Tilton Talk Show. That means we only get 80% of the Wasabi Peas next time we get in. You know, <laughs> hey-ho. Um, right, OK, <clears throat> so it's Monday night and the special guest tonight is the absolute legend himself, the one and only ladies and gentlemen, Dilly Anibola! <laughs> How you doing, buddy? All right? All yeah, good. Yeah, good, good, good. Cool. Are you all right, Paul? I'm good, mate. Are you? And Mrs. Brown? Hey! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, we're up and running. We're only going to do it for an hour again tonight, as we do in, uh, all the way through this furlough job that we're on. Um, hope everybody's keeping safe out there, abiding by the rules. Uh, I did go out the other day, for just for a few hours, but like, mm. <sighs> well, about four minutes. <laughs> You know, you just got to do what you got to do. The times are hard. Same for all of us, and we just got to hunker down and get on with it. Okay, not a, a lot of football to talk about in uh, a minute, but they're hoping to finish the season come June the sixth. I can only imagine that being behind closed doors. What's your thoughts, Dealey? Um, you, you know what? I think it's the right decision to try and close the season off properly. I think yeah, if absolutely. it ended and, and nothing happened, um, it would have been a you know, the people's efforts for three quarters of the season like that to just disappear up and smoke, it wouldn't have been right. So it's not ideal. Ideally, you'd want the fans in there. But um, in these times, that that solution is the best one, I think, that you could you could have. I think it's the only one, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, you look at what Liverpool have achieved this year, the, well, certainly last this season. And, and like, you know, for them to lose that, right at the death because of, 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 of a, a pandemic it would be just grossly unfair for them. It would be grossly unfair for anybody that's going to get promoted at the championship mm. and grossly unfair to them up the road who are hopefully going to get relegated. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a massive Liverpool fan as well. So I'm not just saying it because it's a Liverpool, but how do you go um, 20 points ahead of your nearest opposition? and not win the league. How can you not give it to them? Yeah, I know, crazy, crazy. Mm. Uh, I think we've just got to wait for it to pan out, and then when the scientists and the medical people give them the OK, then uh, I'm sure they'll finish it. Power finish. off. Sorry. Oh, who's that? Bluetooth speaker just switched itself off. Oh, okay. Great for radio, that was, Chris. Great for radio. And, uh, you know, the season's... It has got to come to a conclusion, though. It really has. You can't, you can't be in a position where they just cancel it. Not, not at all. Yeah. No, I don't think that was ever discussed, was it? Making the season null and void. Um, 
It was discussed by a lot of supporters, certainly, Paul. Yeah, but I'm talking, they've said that it was never discussed within the Premier League or EFL, apparently. So, you know, I think that their intentions are to get it finished. Um, I'm obviously a big, I'm massively in favour of the fans being there. Um, but obviously, you know, even when you have a match on with no fans, I mean, Dealey, you can say more about this than I can, but surely you've got at least a couple of hundred people in the stadium still anyway, with all the with all the staff that work there, the medical staff, the, the coaches. Well, you will have, yeah, at least a couple of hundred. Yeah, so... And then you'll obviously have security outside to make sure nobody tries to get in. Yeah, I mean, imagine Liverpool... Dearly, imagine Liverpool winning the league at Anfield and there's nobody there to see it. There's going to be, how many people are going to be outside? <laughs> I know. Well, that's it. I think um, you will find, if the pubs are open at the time, people will just convene other places to, to yeah, watch Yeah, but what's, what's, what's worse, though? What's worse? Is it worse being out in the open, do you think, or is it worse being in an enclosed pub? And we work in the pub industry, so I know what's worse. Yeah, I suppose so. Finish the glasses and we have to go around and pick them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think the big concern there, though, is maybe 40-odd thousand people, 50,000 people in a stadium at one time. So no matter the pub situation, that like the, the police or whoever could close the pubs down and make sure that um, no one was out. It's controllable. I can almost pretty much tell you, Daily, right, from from my point of view, from, from working where we work, yeah, is that we we certainly can't see the pubs opening minimum September, October, November, even December. And no. I think that, that that's an absolute. Mm. Mm. The moment that everyone plays and stays well, you know, football really is on the back burner at the moment, isn't it? Um, well, life you know, is everything. Whenever it's safe to do so, in my opinion, even if it's next year, you know, let's resume the season when we can. And if anything needs to sacrifice to do that, then it's next season because obviously a ball hasn't been kicked yet. So, you yeah, know, I'd, the- sacrifice, I'd sacrifice the Euro, the European um, Cup, and uh, and the League Cup next season. Yeah, well, uh, you, the Champions League. I mean, I don't care about the Champions League anyway. To be honest with you, no, Birmingham's. And mate, why would I? Why would I be interested in the Champions League? <laughs> no, we're, not, you, we're not interested in winning stuff. <laughs> when you said sacrifice the European Cup, I wasn't sure what you meant. Did you mean the Champions League or the Euros, like England? No, not the not the international ones. No, um, the European, the Europa League. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'd scrap, I'd scrap the Europa League and I'd scrap the League Cup next year, and then, well, and then just full season. Hmm. I'd scrap the Europa League anyway and bring back the Cup Winners' Cup, but that's just me. Yeah. Is there much I difference wanna... though? But that's just me. <laughs> so, anyway, did tell us about your time at Blues. You joined us in 1998, am I right? Yeah, it was, it was 98, halfway through that season. And then yeah. um, 99 was my first full season. Um, I can't remember how many times we got into playoffs. I can't remember how many times we got oh, injured. Man, it was great days. Great days. Loved it. Yeah, no uh, I met you, Delia, a couple of weeks ago in um, uh, the back of uh, the Gilmerick. And uh, we were in one of the boxes up there with the guys from Boards and Labour Club. And I told you that my son had a rabbit called Delia Dibola. <laughs> I, I had to make a sign with Delia Dibola on his page to his rabbit hutch. <laughs> so there you go, you got fame. I don't know where the sign's gone to, though. <laughs> my dad had the old stripy shirt. Do you remember the old Tesco carrier bag shirt we had? With number, yeah. 10, with number, with number 10 Adibola on the back as well, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. Oh, mate, you're a cool figure, definitely, definitely. But yeah. your debut, you, you signed from Crew, and I'm right in saying your debut was against Crew, and you scored. Um, I think it, was, 
No, I, I made well my away debut. So the, yeah. my first away game, I think, was against Crewe. Yeah. And you uh, scored it. And scored. I was trying my best to for the whole game and stuff. Dealy, dealy. You won't beat him. He's a savant, honestly. His memory is just unbelievable. He's got incredible yeah. memory. He does that right. every week. How do you remember these things, Paul? He's mainly useless, he's mainly useless information as well that's never going to get me anywhere, you know. <laughs> on, a, on, on a non-Birmingham City topic, right, I've just had my dinner not long ago. Sausage, two sausage, two eggs, chips and beans. Went to pour the pot up because I love black pepper. Went to pour the black pepper on. The, the top fell off. Right, all of the black pepper went on my dinner. I just ate it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to waste that, mate. We're going to waste that. Quality. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I'll take you back to the, uh, the the infamous Ipswich game then, Dealey, yeah? Where you put that cross in. Oh, man, I looked at it again the other day. and like, Oh, the atmosphere and that. The pitch was in an absolute... It was like a... Well, it was like a, a minefield when it was terrible. Awful, a bit like Tremier's is this year, yeah. and um, well, that guy, that guy, just definitely one that's up there, right up there in in, in my life, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you put the question for Granger's goal, did you, Dilly? Is that right? Yeah, no, I found myself out on the right wing. Um, I think it was probably the only place I could stand up, and I've managed to find a bit of space and then put the ball in the middle, and you force me all that. Time. Chased everything down. I think he went in for a 50 50 with the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper bottled it. The ball flew up in the air, and then there was Granger to go and to come and nick it off um, Jeff's Jeff's head. That bubble and the goalkeeper missed it. I know. And come on, but um, Jeff was steaming in. I, I think he had his eyes on the ball and was going to take everything out that, that move at that point. So the keepers <laughs> made an attempt to try and stop it, but like it, it, it went in our favour. So we're complaining about the pitch, but sometimes we have to do that. Ipswich was probably one of the tougher games in that in that run up towards the final as well. So um, it was it was a massive relief to get past them. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, And they were a good team then, weren't they? They, they? they were in like the Champions League under George Burley, weren't they? In the, in the, in the top side of the yeah, Premier. Yeah. I, I remember playing at the back. Um, you know, there was um, Herman Horidison. Wow, like yeah, good player. Just elbows and uh, just physically, just to play against him was, was ridiculous. He, he was a, a top pro, and they had other players. Um, there was a centre, another centre half. I can't remember his name now. But they, Mark, they had a Mark, was it Mark Venus? No, it wasn't Venus. Um, was it John McGree. He was he was a young lad at the time. Um, he went on. I think he played for Wigan and, and Newcastle. Um, what's his name? Titus Bramble. Oh, you know what? We'll be trying to remember. Titus Bramble. Up. But, like, yeah, it was it. Bramble, that was it. Yeah. Like, Tot one Bramble. of the strongest centre half. Yeah, one, yeah, one of the t- um, strongest people I've ever played against. Yeah. Would you say that's right up there with uh, one of your best games ever? Um. In terms of memory, the final was was the the best for me. Obviously, coming yeah. from Liverpool, playing against Liverpool, one of my old muckers, um, Bobby Fowler, who I grew, grew up with playing for Liverpool schoolboys with, and to play against him after he set the world alight, burst onto the scene, onto the scene. You know, it was it was just a fantastic um, moment for me. So, but that wasn't far behind. The, the atmosphere at St Andrews that, that night was incredible. Oh, yeah. it just 
Um, I've still got all throat, mate. <laughs> still got sore throat 20 years on. <laughs> it was incredible. It brings massive mem- memories back whenever you, you see um, stuff like that. It's just a shame that um, we haven't got a library. I'm going to tap into Blue's um, archive and see, see if I can get some more stories and things. There's yeah. quite a lot on YouTube. Have a look on there. Yeah, yeah. That, there's, there's a couple that are reeled out. You know, when you, not that I type my name in too often to, to have a look. <laughs> there's a couple, there's about four or five that come out went with me, but like, from my recollection, I enjoy more the, the sort of the, the tappings and stuff, and you just can't find them anywhere. No one bothers sort of putting those in. Mm-hmm. No. Goals a goal, mate, innit? Yeah. Tell you, I've got, I've got good memories of you as well against the Baggies and Wolves. I went to Molyneux away when you ripped them to shreds and we beat them 3-1, I think it was. Dougie Friedman, Dougie Friedman put them 1-0 up, and then you got, I think you got two, and Peter Unlove got one, and we, we absolutely destroyed them 3-1. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Another one of those games, absolutely amazing memories. And you know what? I think my time at Blues, the highlights would, would have to be most. A lot of them would be, have to be against West Brom. I think <laughs> yeah. I scored in almost every game I played against them, one or two. We've obviously assisted with him on with Fairlawn, but um, we, we did used to terrorise them. It's, it's, it's amazing to think how that team didn't get promoted, wasn't it, really? We didn't have much luck with Furlong getting injured and, you know, yeah. we couldn't keep him on the pitch for the whole season either, could we? Which was a shame, really. We did miss him as well. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a really difficult one because um, our team was made up of runners. I mean, we were hard working, we were physical. Um, yeah. I think under Barry Fry, there was a lot of plays and Trevor just trimmed that right down. So he had a lot of quality in there. In terms of bodies in the squad, it was a lot thinner. So when, yeah. when we had problems and with players like injuries and stuff, we really suffered from it. And by the yeah. end of the season, if you think of, of Paul Fairlong, who was well into his 30s, having to play the amount of games he had to lead up to it. And then at the end of it, like um, who'd be surprised to see he was injured a bit. And even me, I think I was 20, 21. And I was, I, I was getting injured, you know, the, leading up to the, the playoffs and, and the end of the season as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this, yeah. Is, this is a good run to that, actually, uh, Dealey. Uh, Pete Taylor says, does Dealey remember sliding into score and smacking his knee off the front post in front of the, in, in front of the Tilton? It's a sound I won't forget, says Pete Taylor. Do you remember that? Yeah. Watford. Yeah, no, you know what? It changed my whole career, to be honest. It could, it could have ended my career. Um, I remember previous to that, my hams, like I had hamstring problems, just the heavy pitches coming into Christmas. I was out for a few weeks, and I think Trevor was was pretty keen to get me back in. So I've gone back into the to, into the squad, came off the bench, and there was a golden opportunity to score a goal. Here's me hitting 100 miles an hour. Could see the post, knew. I wouldn't be able to get out of the way of it. And then so I sort of tried to put my leg up to, to put in with my foot instead of going with my head. Bang. And I think the defender behind me gave me a little nudge. Like, which, I mean, there's no animosity or there's no hard feeling from doing that because he's got to put me off and um, putting in a certain open goal and stuff. But I think that just sort of threw me in. I've gone 100 miles an hour and whacked my shin right into the post. It was... Um, you know, when you go down and 
like I tried to get straight back up instinctively straight away and just just couldn't. Just did you have to go? Did you, did you go off, David? Did you have to go off? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I tried to roll back into the pitches, just couldn't, couldn't. It was gone. Like um, you crushed it. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't bypass the League Cup final though against Liverpool, Daly, without saying we were robbed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Young Andrew Johnson, come on, and um, I think he set the place alight, didn't he? Um, there was a couple of penalties he should have had. Um, that know. one off Mancho was a terrible. I can't. Believe, I still can't believe to this day that it wasn't given. Right at the end of the game, the, the incident where he should have given a, a stonewall penalty. Absolutely, yeah. You can you can understand as a referee, the game hinges on that. And then what you're saying is you're going to knock, you're going to give Blues the cup and knock Liverpool out of it. And so I'd say the referees, he's made the wrong decision. But the circumstances he's done it on, under, you know, like it was massive, wasn't it? So yeah, I'm going to hammer him too much. Mm. David Ellery. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Lovely. We've had a, um, we've had a few questions in from some of our fans as well for you, Daily, if that's okay. Um, I put a post on in the week just asking, you know, if they've got any questions for you. We'll ask as many as we can. So. Um, Stephen, Stephen Gill's asking, how serious were Liverpool and did you regret not going there? Um, typically, young talent. I think our Liverpool schoolboy squad, we had, I don't know if you, anyone remember Tony Grant. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, Robbie Fowler. There was um, Noel Whelan. Um, we had like, a fantastic bunch of players and Liverpool offered a lot of us to go there. Two-year contracts, one-year YTS. And so they were serious. They wanted <coughs> young talent. But in terms of the way I saw it and the way after I spoke to, to crew, because I was sort of going up there as well, um, with that much talent fly, flying around the place, and then in the first team, you've got you've got world-class talent. Realistically, um, you'd have to like do something absolutely amazing to, to get anywhere near it. So yeah. the dream would have been perfect until you made 19, 20. Oh, I'm a Liverpool player, without making any appearances or maybe coming off the bench. But if you're desperate to make a professional footballer, what decision are you going to make? I, I didn't think I I had the choice. I, I did well, obviously, representing the city and, and um, drawing that kind of attention. I wasn't I wasn't a bad player. But in that same side, Robbie, Fowler, Robbie Fowler, who, if you're from Liverpool, you, you'd understand what I'm saying. He was, yeah, he was yeah, treated yeah. They... they um, earmarked them for first team football from about the age of 10, 11 years old. So when you competitions like that, yeah, um, I, I, I definitely thought I made the right decision. Who knows what would have happened? I might have been a centre half or played somewhere else and I made it there. But you know, it wasn't a risk I I wanted to take. I, I just wanted to play football. I wanted to be play football as a professional. So yeah. um, going to crew was was the right option for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, Stav Smith has said, "Who at Blues uh, was your favourite strike partner?" You know what? I got on so well with all of them. Nicky Forster really gets amazing, but he was fantastic. I remember Mark Birchall, um, who came like on loan from Celtic and and set. He got me going again. Like he was, his movement was amazing. And yeah. Marcel, pure Marcel. Hello, Hello, yeah. Jeff Horsfield strength, but in terms of, I think Paul Fairlong, like I, I learned the most of him. 
Yeah. So coming into a raw young player from Crew and just watching him, he's been there, been at Chelsea, just the way he put himself about. I think I learned the most out of him. So I'd have to say him because he was a role model, like, you know, yeah. older. Pro being there, we were sort of um, just, just uh, I suppose, just in awe of him. You know, he was a, he was a fantastic professional as well. Yeah, and Paul Gill's asking you what was the difference between Bruce's type of management against Francis, and had Trevor lost the dressing room when he was sacked, or was Sullivan making the call? So, what was it like at that time when sort of Trevor was coming out and Bruce was coming in? It's a weird one, but that year. Like I spent sort of in the physio room, so with Neil McDiamond, the physio, because I was yeah. recovering. But in terms of the mood of the dressing room, I think it was more of a board decision. Trevor was loved by by the players. He you, you knew he had it in in him to get was promoted. It's just we were just short on, on yeah. those occasions through injuries, bad luck, because it was bad literally bad, bad it luck. Was, yeah. Those. Um, Steve Bruce, like, was flying. He'd done really well. He kept in touch with the board, and, and I think the the board maybe just decided it was time for a change. It happens, you know. There's yeah, yeah. managers, there's fantastic managers get moved on, get the sack all the time, and yeah. And I think the board wanted to just shake things up again and and have another look at, at someone else. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. Carl, asked if uh, was would Spurs away be your favourite game for Blues? When, when you obviously got the brace at Tottenham in the League Cup court. Was it the court of was it the court final? Or was it... I think it I think it might be the court final. Wednesday the court final, wasn't it? I think it was just before that one. It was the yeah. third um, Yeah. It lives in the memory because like that that night, you know, you really up for it, you want to test yourself against premiership opposition. And like um I, I don't think I started great. First ten minutes didn't really do anything. I remember having a kick the ball, but they had loads of possession. They were comfortable. The fans were sort of, you know, as we walked into the pitch, were acting as if, oh, it's only Blues. The turn up, I think they thought it was going to be six or seven to them. And then, but once we got our foot in and, and our counter-attacks were standing out to read us on the wing and Birchall that night was on fire. We had some fantastic performances. Like, I just got going. You know, it, it felt... It just after our first goal went in, I just we just knew. You like, just on it, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. must, must have been wonderful to play with daily stand, as a really stand the left and them crosses he used to put in. Yeah, those long rangey legs. Oh, I mean, great. my second goal, I had he's he's gone past this player and he's he's swung the cross with such accuracy. I had so much time. I think yeah. I controlled it. And yeah. then just struck in against in the Premier League, you know, what when does that happen? Like um, and that's down to the quality we had around us, and that's what I mean. We probably should have got promoted in one of those seasons. Yeah. What would you say was your best goal for the of St Andrews TV? St Andrews. Um most memorable would have to be there was I think it was against West Brom and it's one of those that gets played. And it was really simple. I've Knocked it past a defender. I can't remember what defender it was. He's gone to ground. I've just skipped past him. Put the afterburners on. And it's just a straight line. It's not lots of tricks or what's come out. And it was just simple. But when I watch it, I'm thinking, like, I think, go oh, on. Wow. I had a bit of paper. Like, <laughs> I remember that very well. 
Yeah. <laughs> you remember that, that goal, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that goal, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we won I'll the game. Remember everything. <laughs> you remember everything all. Yeah. Was it 4 0, Dooley? We beat them 4 0, didn't we? I think it was quite a few. Was it did Peter on the get two that, that day? I think on the you got one and Grange, you got the other one, like a tapping. Uh, yeah, I remember it well, yeah. And I remember you won at Man City away as well. That was unreal, that run all the way from the halfway line. And then you. <laughs> Yeah, your celebration was just like you were some. You was like literally lying flat on your back. <laughs> we just played ninety minutes against a very good Man City side, mm-hmm. and it was just weird. We we didn't get much change. To watch the highlights, you'd think it was like, uh, oh, we battered them or, or whatever. But it was a smashing grab. City were fighting for their lives. They, they brought the game. They made it so hard for us, and it was just that one ball off Steve Bruce. He didn't look up and just smash it into their hole. He's found me. And then I think the rest is history. I think um, the wind just took me the rest of the way. I didn't have it <laughs> in the tank to go on that run. But I managed to find that burst of pace. Keep it come out, made it easy for me. And just a little dink. Just dink it over him, yeah. Yeah, and then just celebrate it by having a breather. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> We've got any comments coming in, Chris? Because I'm only on Zoom, so I can't see him again. Oh, yeah, there's loads, but I've lost my thing here. I can't read that one. Oh, um, uh, who is your football hero, Dealey? Um, football hero. Again, Liverpool brought up likes of Daglish, Beardsley, Barnes. Um, and... Believe it or not, I started off as a left winger and, you know, jump on. So, it would have to be him. Like, you know, watching him growing up as a kid. Like, it wasn't easy being the size of me and stuff, but, like, that was someone who, like, who I tried to sort of um, mould my game to. And then he stuck me up front and that ended. But, like, I still admire him, though, for what, for what he did. You have to wonder what it'd be worth today, Daily John Barnes. He'd be over 100 million, wouldn't he? Hmm. So weird. I really see clips go back and watch games. And then right. the last couple of weeks, you you go back and watch the games. And a couple of Barnes like, are amazing. He was just frightening. Beardsley was, was up there as well, like in a different way, different way. But the two of them were devastating. Yeah, great players, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did I dream that? Didn't Barnes have scored against Brazil once? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought he did. Yeah, I thought I'd dreamt that. <laughs> uh, Craig Courtney wants to know who was the best player you ever played with? Ever played with? Mm. Um, professionally. Uh, you know what? Probably, I'd have to say um, Steve Bruce. Mm, like yeah. in quality, like you know, is it people talk about Trevor when he was in training, you know, the managers and stuff. Um, in training, he was a different class and knew where he hit, hit things and go in top corners and whatever. But I never played with Trevor. But when you used to see um Brucey in training, like he was, he was amazing, just his time and his reading of the game, his knowledge, you could see he wasn't a quick player, but you could see. What kept him in the United side for, for that long? Him and Gary Everett at the back, not at any pace between them. Like, and that the, the season when I joined, they were a rock. I mean, they had um, 
Rowett on one side, who was a Rolls Royce as well, and then yeah. um, Grange on the other side. So they had <coughs> to get them out of too much trouble. But the reason of the game was immense. And you know, when you play with, with top class players who've played at the level they they've had, they have, um, you remember it? Mm, yeah. Rowett Rowe, Rowe was a really good player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's Mick Greaves wants to know, Dealey, who's your footballing hero? We've just had that one, Nick. Have we? Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep up. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Craig <laughs> says, you'll, you'll, you'll like this one, Dealey. Uh, Craig says, if Barnes was worth 100 million, what would Dealey be worth? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to just answer that. Million. We know it's going to be 200 million anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ray says, um, Dealey, do you have any regrets in the game? No, no, and and that's probably because I try not to think about it. There's probably a million of them, but mm. what's the point in looking back and having? I had a fantastic career. I played in the championship of the Blues that that year, um, Wimbledon Cup final. It could have been better, but how many players don't even make it as a professional player? You know, you've got to be thankful for what you have done, as opposed to that extra percent would have took you to have a, a better career in the Premier League or maybe even in football, but it didn't. So, you know, yeah. um, you've got to be happy with, with what I achieved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I mean, I struggle to walk up the country road nowadays. <laughs> it was the, uh, Dealey, it was the best and worst trainer that you was with at Blues and, and the best and worst dresser and the best and worst dancer. <laughs> I love this one. <laughs> Um, off the top of my head, I can remember Brian Hughes, fellow scouser, would be on the training ground when everyone had gone on, just practicing his free kicks. And yeah. um, he, he he stuck in my mind in terms of a, a really good train. There was there was other people, like you just mentioned, Guy Rowe always would do extra. There was lots of people who would do a bit more, but usually I'd have to give him a mention because he, he was a really, really good trainer. The worst trainer, probably me. <laughs> 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 I and mean, me and stuff. Um, I just needed a bit more rest and stuff. But um, no, um, yeah. best and worst dresser. Worst dress. I'm gonna have to start with Michael Johnson. Brutal. <laughs> <'Cause, Ooh. laughs> it wasn't just. It wasn't so much that his gear was bad. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> you're not the first, you're not the first, and you probably won't be the last from that squad to tell us this. No, no. he's a regular listener, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, Dean, what are you doing with yourself nowadays? Then he was up there with Dean Holdsworth because he used to wear like these slipper type trainers. Into he used to get hammered. People used to hang on doors and, and all kinds of. The red, you know, from um, and Michael Johnson, and the best and worst dancer. Oh, worst dancer, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say myself. I never used to What best or so, worst? Worst. <laughs> no, I get involved. So, on that default, if I would have done, I probably would have been crowned the worst. So, I got myself the worst, the best dancer. Um, I'd say. Either John or Michael Johnson. You'll find John in a lot of answers for a lot of players because he was everywhere. But yeah, he's got to be up there as well, John. 
because we had him as the worst off skip. Martin O'Connor said he was the worst. He had no rhythm. <laughs> I think you're trying to win favours here. <laughs> I give him the worst dress. I can't hammer him. Like, you know, he's got... Little old Brenda Brown from Air Sassy Blues uh, Association says, uh, say hello to Dealey for me. Ask him, does he remember talking to me? I said to him, you make me small. He says, and, and how tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> little Brenda, do you know little Brenda? We love little Brenda. Who was with Jeremy? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah? lovely. She's lovely. Cool. <laughs> so, well, let's say a nice big hello to her. Yeah. No, Brenda. How are you? Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've also got to say a big thank you to Linda. Last week, she had a head shaved live on the show for our PTSD charity. Uh, Linda's about 73 years old, something like that. 18 years old. Perhaps a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, nobody ever knows, really, to be honest with you. No, but she shaved, uh, little nine-year-old Jack shaved all her hair off live on the show last week. And with the gift aid, it's raised over £700 for the Woo! PTSD charity. So thank you so very much for that. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Well done. And thanks to everybody that contributed. And, yeah. um, and thanks, Linda, for the laugh, because <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> classic. Absolutely classic. Classic, classic moment. Yeah, but no, I mean, in times like we're all today, we're all struggling today, right? And in times like that, to raise 700 quid. And we've also got to say a massive thank you and a well done to Captain Tom Moore. Man, what a bloke. Oh, what a hero. That nine-year-old guy who's raised all that money for the NHS, one thing or another. Um 99 years old and you, and you decide to go on a sponsored walk. Okay, it's around your garden. The man's 99 years old, been through two world wars and he goes and does something like that. Is it over Take 20 a... million now, Nick? He's got over 20 million now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, think, yeah. I, think you should, I think you should be knighted. Immediately, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, doesn't have to go and, and see the Queen or anything, you know, he could just sling him his medal in the post and be done with it. But he, he, he definitely needs that recognition, definitely, because... What started off with with a, with a crazy little idea to earn a thousand quid has turned yeah. into twenty million, twenty odd million in a week. Legend. Yeah, non country, we're better than this. We can, we need to recognise these kind of people. Yeah, yeah. most of yeah. uh, Linda says, Linda says, Dealey, don't believe him. I'm twenty one with experience. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you again, Chris? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Is that curry? <laughs> <laughs> She's certainly right, Dealey, got a lot of experience. Hey, Daily, what are you doing with yourself nowadays? Yeah, no, I've just got a couple of companies, coaching companies. Um, I've run a CIC, but my my latest project is around bikes and stuff. So, um, just you know, getting all the data, like personal what, training bikes or motorbikes, e-bikes, the future. Sorry, e-bikes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I've got yeah, yeah. These. What do you mean, like the um, pelotons, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So e-bikes, what bikes? Um, there's lots of different um, ways of of doing it. But in terms of engagement for the kids that we sort of work with, fantastic. In terms of um, if you see a lot of in football and a lot of sports now, to get the readings to really track improvements in your fitness, like you need some pretty fancy equipment and it's not always available to everyone so like um with what we're doing with the bikes it's more for corporate side but then as soon as it gets passed down so that then we can start using it to to engage the, the community as well so it's, it's fantastic that the people who set up e-bikes run approached me and sort of said would you like to get involved and like i'm, I'm hooked on using them but there's some 
fantastic ways we can we can use them to um like i said to to help and um, people who wouldn't have that um wouldn't be able to to, to afford to to um buy the bike to some some expensive piece of equipment um, mm. involved so yeah it's it's exciting stuff uh, yeah 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 it's so, nice uh, one thing we've asked Dealey to do, Nick, is pick his Blues 1 to 11. So the best players you played with at Blues. Um, obviously, I'm conscious of time now. It's gone so quick. We've been on 40 minutes already. Oh, crikey. Just, just before you do that, just, just one very quick word. Mick Greaves has just said that Captain Moore has now raised over £26 million. Oh, my life. Wow. Thanks ever so much. That's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, Dealey, what, uh, what formation are you playing? What formation? Um, I'm going to go for a four-three-three. That seems a, a, a typical for formation. But there's just so many players to pick from. Okay. So what, what we go on then? Hit us with uh, hit us with your eleven. So uh, in goal, it, like I'm going to have to go with Ian Bennett. Bennett, Bennett, Bennett. Centre halves. We've got Michael Johnson and Gary Ablett. I haven't put Bruce in, even though I've, t- I've just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, John Will, because he's he like great mates with everyone. He was life and soul of the party. And Gary Ablett, um, like deceased Gary Ablett, you know, it was a mark of respect. But after throwing mm. any team, he was a, fa- was a great quality player. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got Rolls Royce, Gary Rowett, right back. Yeah. And I think you couldn't have a Blues team without Martin Granger on the left. Moving into midfield, we look at from Liverpool, um, Brian Hughes, like yeah. fantastic, yeah, brilliant. But I think we used to do everything together. Like um, Hughes, he was a big influence on me when I was at Blues. And um, Martin O'Connor holding, a uh, holding midfielder, and then you've got Nicky Eden on the right side of midfield. Right, like, yeah. Um, I think understated. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Utility player, fantastic technique. Like I would give everything every game, so like we had him looking at him there. We, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, just before the lockdown, the week before. So Nicky yeah. um, Eden, yeah, yeah, and you was in his as well, so that's uh, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can pay me later. Um, we've got Peter Unlove on the left, sorry, on on the right. Um, it, again, someone who doesn't get mentioned too much, but he was fantastic. Some cracking memories. Yeah, and Stan Lazaridis on the left. You mentioned about the Tottenham game, but he he was a top class player. Right player, excellent. Watching him play up front. It's a, I've gone with one striker, and I probably could have left so many people out and stuff. I mean, the likes of Horsfield who were played from Marcelo, Stan John, um, so like um, so many people, but. I'm going to have to go with Fairlong. I spoke to him about in terms of his contribution, like, in t- you know, the way he, he put himself at, at the club and the stature he had. Like, you know, for me, he's the, was the main man, the number nine. Couldn't get that, that number nine shirt off and ended up with number 10 and number 24 and all kinds of stuff. But, um, you know, when I was there, I think Fairlong was yeah. number nine. He was a finisher when he furlong. He was, you know, Premier Premier League level, really. When he, we, you know, he man on love. We signed from the Premier League, and you could see why they were in the Premier League, couldn't you? Yeah, it was a joy to play with them. You know, it, it really clicked, especially the one season. 
like um, the three of us really took off. But, it, but by the end of the season, like I said, most seasons to play, the amount of games, and then as you could see on some of the old videos, the state of the pitch by the end of, of those seasons, it's like running in, um, in sand, you know. <laughs> It was, I was actually I was actually in Mallorca when we signed him, to be honest with you. And uh, my ex-father-in-law just turned around and says, uh, "Any idea that you just signed Paul Phil?" I said, oh, "Don't be so stupid." <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I was on the, on the back of the uh, back of the press, yeah. So there we go. Yeah, yeah that, that summer that, that summer that Furlong signed was quite exciting. That was when Trevor first came, mm. and we got we got Furlong, we got Barry Horn, we got uh, Gary Ablett, we got Steve Bruce. They're Steve all Bruce. from the Premier League, and it was like, yeah. "Wow, what are we doing here?" Mm. <laughs> It was pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty good summer that was in, yeah. in signing. Yeah. And then a bit later on that season, we signed Anders Limpire as well from Everton, um, who was, you know, another player from the Premier League. Yeah. How does so, he remember this? I know this. It's weird. Like I'm seeing clips of players <coughs> who've come through um, Birmingham City. It's, it's ridiculous. Like uh, even after I've left up until now, you, you look through and you're seeing like players from all over the place, Premier League, top class internationals. And yeah, I remember when I first came in. I remember Mike Newell and yep. Tony Conti. <laughs> yeah, that was another. Yeah, Mike, Mike Newell was another one we signed as well from the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, that was a shocker, Mike Newell. I remember him coming on thinking, "What's going on here?" Yeah, he scored a couple of goals, Chris, but he just didn't settle here. He wasn't happy. He wanted to no, move he didn't, on. Did he at all? He didn't fit yeah. in. Didn't fit. No. Didn't so I presume your captain in your team daily would be would be Skip, would it, Martin O'Connor? Yeah, he'd have to. Captain? I think Martin O'Connor, really. Yeah, he, he was skip. We still call him skip now. We see him, yeah. he, he's still a skip, you know. So, yeah, I think it's the armband. Yeah. And what do you think of today's team? What, what are your thoughts on the team we've got at the moment? Um, I think the achievements over the last two seasons, so last year and this year, have been amazing because uh, Blues were a team that should have been in League One. 100% should have been League Twice. One. Not Twice. Yeah, the, the lack of funds, the, everything was against the club. And then yeah. you've had Gary Rowett come in and, and turn things around. Uh, Monks come in and then I think slightly improved it. And then yeah. now, like the transition's being kept up, which isn't an easy thing this season. Um, was a really hard job to follow those two. It could have gone so horribly wrong. But... Um, yeah, it's it's been great to watch. There's been some low sides, but I think the emergence of Bellingham, um, the the way that we found a style of play <clears throat> that that I think most people would say now suits um, Birmingham City, you know, is is great. And you can only think that you can only go from strength to strength from here. It's yeah. back to a Birmingham City style of play now, though, isn't it? It's none of this like. Happy tappy football, or something. We're back to where we want to be. Even mm. the supporters, we can see that. Yeah, yeah, and and you had to go through the tappy tappy stuff while you're trying to find the way that you're going to play. At the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people were frustrated because the results weren't coming. But the results come with confidence once you start believing um, that you can win games and you're going to do well with it. The, the, the players and, and the fans got behind the players, and the players. Really, there was a there was a couple of weeks or months even where the players looked unstoppable. You, you you couldn't have ruled them out for a playoff push, but again, it's it's settling down the squad. There's, there's long players. There's there's people moving about. But once that squad gets properly settled, 
Like I, I expect, I always expect big things from, from Blues, especially at home. Do you think we'll keep hold of Scotty Hogan? It's going to be a difficult one. He he did what he was asked to do in terms of he's come in and he's scored goals. He's he's recaptured the form that got him a move to Villa in the first place. Mm. Um, and because of that, I think he's probably going to end up back there. They're not mm. going to let... They know they could probably get really good money, maybe even the kind of money that Blues might not be able to, to challenge, or a, a goal scorer who they can give a goal because they're, they're struggling to find that player in their squad. And if they've got someone scoring goals full of confidence, I can only see them taking them back to at least give them an opportunity. But if he doesn't do well, again, fingers crossed, while he's back at Villa, um, you know, he's, I'm sure he'll be more than welcome back to come back to Blues again. It's a great partnership with him and the Duke, though. Yeah. It's works well. Duke, Duke works well with everyone, though, doesn't he? Like, you know, if you leave him up there by himself, he'll get his, his fair share of goals. But when you put someone with him, like, that's when the two of them come to life. He, he's got to have a strike on him. Yeah. Would you prefer that yourself, Dealer? As a, as a obviously as a, as a striker yourself, was it better to play on your? You know, did you? You didn't really play on your own in your time, though, did you? you was more had somebody with you all the time, didn't you? Or yeah, at my at my time at Blues, because I think we had more strikers than any other position, so we had to get them all on the pitch and stuff. But um, after Blues, there was I think I was mainly up from by myself, but I definitely worked better in a partnership, either with a number ten like a Brian Hughes. Who plays off like just behind you and, and plays yep. you in, or yep. who goes in behind and you become more of the target man. Yeah. So whatever way it was, like um, two from two dedicated strikers was definitely my preference. Yeah, yeah, mine too as well. You can't beat it with two wingers going to the byline whipping the ball in. That's the that's the best that's the best way forward in it. And it's not not many teams do it these days. It's it, there's trends, isn't it? And, and I think the trend now is is moving back towards two up front. It does yeah. seem like you know um, a lot of analysis, a lot of um, working out goes on, and people know how to play against the one striker. So yeah. now you change it up. The braver yeah. team sort of sticking to up front and, and, and going, go on, work. Yeah, I can't, I can't be done with all these diamonds and Christmas trees and goodness knows what else. So stick to the basics. It's a game of football. Yeah, playing out from the back as well drives me mad when the keeper rolls it out to the defender on the edge of the six-yard box. That does my drives me mad. I think that's all right, Paul. If you if you can play that style of football, that's good. But that's not our, that's not our way, is it? It's not our no, way. I, yeah. Well, with, yeah. with us, yeah, that's what I mean. It drives me mad when I'm going to watch the Blues and we're trying to do that. We just that's just not what you know. It's all right if you have got players like Real Madrid, but yeah. you know when mm -hmm. you're trying to get championship players to play like that, it just it just doesn't work as we as we know. Diddy, we've only got 10 minutes left now. What's your thoughts on the uh, on the current situation with the EFL? Oh, like everyone, it's just a deep sigh. It's like, wow, again, <laughs> where, where did this come from? Like, I'm being totally honest, I don't fully understand why it's come about again. So, like, I'm sure with um, some of your knowledge, you'll enlighten me a little bit on what what what's going on without swearing. <laughs> the 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 difficulty is we don't we don't really get to know that knowledge. We don't really get to understand what's. What. I just don't get it. You get an independent inquiry, and that independent inquiry says yes or no. You just go away and be done with it, don't you? Huh? 
I know they had the right to appeal, but for goodness sake, especially in times like this now, man, it's just, it, it really has just shown their true colours proper. Yeah. The, yeah, that, that money that they're spending on Rain Free with us, like I said last week, you know, they could spend that on so much more. Yeah, there's so many lower league clubs that are going to struggle through this. Yeah. Well, Mac Macclesfield are on a, on a thread, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what you're talking about, actually. It's, it's the amount of teams that are going to go out of business and the money needed to keep them going. Like, I think every available penny, every resource should be going into sort of um, to keep these teams going. And even below the conference, even below those lower league teams, if anything, for, for, it's more about the social development of the country. Like, yeah. so many people play football at so many levels. You start losing teams, what are people going to do? Like, you'd say, oh, do you move on to the sport? But... Like, uh, you've got to have yeah. those infrastructures there. For, for Go on, ask me a play. question, Daly. Ask me if I could move away from the Blues. Go on. Could <laughs> <laughs> you move away from the Blues? <laughs> you couldn't move away from a pint of lager. <laughs> Cheers. Who was the best manager you ever played for in your whole career? Your whole career? Slightly controversial, I have to say, Colin Todd. Um, yeah. Ooh. Right. I was actually playing, for, I was at Coventry City and um, I went on loan to Bradford City and they were the division below. And the way he's welcomed me in, it was like, I was a god. It was like, I can't believe we've got you. You know when someone makes you feel like a, a million dollars? It's yeah. a couple of years after I had my injury. Almost everyone, <laughs> not one of them. Sorry. <laughs> A time where your confidence wasn't great, and then a manager comes in and is like <clears throat> talking about you like before pre-injury again. Like it, it gave me a massive confidence boost and really kicked on my career from there. So yeah, like, good. It was only about three, four months that I was there, but like it was, it was fantastic. I had a great time, Bradford City. That's good. And your boy club, which was that one? No. Uh, your, your boyhood club, Sporting. Which which club do you support growing up? Liverpool, isn't it? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, massive. So, how did you feel playing against them? Then, did you really want to smash them and beat them? Be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got dropped off at half time. It was like, <laughs> I, no, you know what? It was it was amazing. Like the atmosphere before, the atmosphere afterwards, being on the pitch with them. Like, um, it's, you look at the pictures and you see. I don't know if you've, you've seen that one where all the players are stood. And looking up and you know shaking hands before the game, yeah. like I've framed in mine, and, and every time I see that, it gives me goosebumps. It's oh, awesome to go to, though, wasn't it? Just it amazing. So and it was so loud, Dooley. That was that was so loud when the, when when when, they, when uh, was it was it Ericsson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, was walking along the crowd, uh, walking along the players, and the noise. Oh my God! Just keep right on, and you'll never walk alone. <gasps> God, that was loud. That, it's making the goosebumps now. Mm. <laughs> That's my trait. I know, but it's, it's, it's working. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Love it. Yeah, it's always nice to see it going, going down the blues on, on a, a match day. It's nice to see it there, mate. So, yeah, crack on, keep it up. You enjoying that? You enjoying doing what you do for Blues TV? Yeah, it's weird because you asked me what I'm, I'm doing and I didn't even mention <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing so many bits and bobs, but I do. It's um, it's different. It puts me out of my comfort zone. Obviously, 
haven't played and then come out and, and did coaching and, and stuff. And um, media work is not something I, I'm a natural at, but like when you do it for anything for any time, you get used to it and you get better on it. And I suppose um, like it, it's, it's give me a little bit of growth in terms of, mm-hmm. um, and it helps with so many other things. So like any ex players who are stuck at things to do and, and they're worried about dipping the toe in, in media work, media work, just have a go. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, Blues TV is good training for coming on here, dearly. You know. Yeah, well, the <laughs> I loved your commentary, Daily. I loved your commentary last season with um, Preston's goalkeeper. Do you remember when the ball went through him? <laughs> <laughs> you, that reaction, your reaction there was your exact reaction in the commentary box when he did it as well. You kind of like <laughs> most laughing on the commentary when he done it. You tried not to laugh. Unbelievable. <laughs> You feel for, for the players when things like that, especially yeah. goalkeepers, they get so yeah. much stick anyway. But, um, like, it was, I, I looked away and I, I looked back and it's in the net. And only when you've seen the replays and stuff, you realise just how horrendous a mistake it was. was. I think that was the worst I've seen, and I include and all that in that as well. That was the worst. Because it was literally a pass back from Clifton wasn't it? You know? Yeah. It was, and I know throwing from Malberg, you know. <laughs> I won't see you, Dealey. We have a happy Enkelman Day as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chris? Yeah. Happy Enkelman Day. <laughs> proper, proper. Don't know where that uh, last 55 minutes has gone, ladies and gents, but we're almost out of time. My goodness me. Our guest tonight, of course, Dealey Adibola, Paul Hipkiss, Chris Brown, and myself. Don't forget, lovelies, uh, our friends at uh, the BHST, that's the Birmingham Homeless Support Team, need your help. They also need uh, any goods that you can pass along, toiletries, coats, hats, scarves, etc., etc., etc. Get in touch with Matty P. Um, oh, what's the big bloke's name? <laughs> I'm going to get slated for this one. BHST. DJ Patterson. Get in touch with any of the team there, guys. If you've got anything you can possibly donate towards a charity, then please do so. Keep them going. Keep them running through this uh, coronavirus outbreak. Mm. And uh, I can't really say much, really, but you know, what an absolute delight to have you almost in the studio, do you? <laughs> no, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Nick. Poor Chris. No, mate, listen, honestly, when, when we all get over this, when we get over this, come back in and have a proper chat, yeah? And do the hour and a half with us. You'll yeah, find come, out in, come in the come in the studio, Delia, because <laughs> Delia, 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 because we have um, we have biscuits. Oh, I'm there. We, only for guests. We don't, Dealey. He's trying to tempt you. We do not have biscuits, believe me. <laughs> we can and I'm a, I make everybody a I cup of tea. Ago, we used to have a bowl of wasabi peas and the most disgusting things out, and he found one on the floor about four years later. <laughs> no, and I make it. I make everybody a cup of tea. I, pr- I have a nice spread out, you know, all, all the business. When he says we, spread out, he means he lays on the floor and does nothing. <laughs> we can quickly, just before we go, we can very quickly ask another couple of fans questions because I'm conscious that I've asked most of them. So, uh, okay. and I know it's not Paul Hickey's show. Yeah. So. Um, oh, another um, thing. Another thing, Paul. Paul, we didn't have our bald eleven. Oh no, we didn't, did we? We'll, no, have to we'll do that. Next. We'll do it next week. Yeah. What was that one that we was going to do last week? Next week. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Steve Portman has said he loves seeing you before every game, dearly. You always got lost. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was playing or now? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I take I take a, a weird route through the ground. 
because um, <laughs> parking, like it, you've got a park right behind. It takes an hour to get out of the um, the car park. So <laughs> I park around the front and just run through, run past all the stewards, like before they get a chance to nab me and stuff. So I'm always on the run. Typical scouser. <laughs> <laughs> and Linda, said Linda said that you are Blues' Chris Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good thing. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> Jeff. Complimental. <laughs> oh, I like yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Mm. Well, I think that's. So have we got anybody lined up for next week, Chris? What's that, sorry? Sorry, have we got anybody lined up for next week, Chris? Not at the moment, but uh... no, if you know of anybody, daily, just rag them off the streets for us, won't you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> We don't care. We'll talk to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Do you oh, speak mate. to, um, do you still speak to a lot of the lads that obviously you played with that blues now? Yeah, fair, fair few of them, to be honest. Like, um, you know, it's a pretty small community, I suppose. And you've got the more, and I suppose the wonders of social media, you, you're all still linked anyway. So even if it's not face to face, you'll get the odd message off someone or, or someone else to say hello. So yeah, I think um, pretty much are you keep in contact. And what about what about the, the man himself, Trevor? Do you still speak to Trevor nowadays or um I, like I've seen him at Dickens Eve a couple of times, so I think the last time was maybe a year ago. Um, yeah. but like again from time to time when he's not in Spain, he's over here, you'll bump into him and stuff and like it's all it's always great to, to sit down and have a chat with him and stuff. So he's, he he has time for everyone. So yeah. Um, yeah. I always look forward to, to catching up and, uh, I suppose, reminiscing. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was great times when you played for us and uh, thanks for the memories, mate. Yeah. Oh, the memories great. will never fade, Dilly Adibola. The memories will never fade, mate. Not ever. Even though I'm not very good at remembering the memories. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Just one minute before you go. Well, quickly, quickly. Here's Bo the cat. Oh, no <laughs> Her name's Bo. Hey, baby. Yeah. She's gone. Dean Eddie Bowler, thank you for being with us tonight on the Monday Night Talk Show. We'll be back here next uh, Monday, 7.30 through till 8.30. Paul Itkis, thank you ever so much indeed. Pleasure Mrs. as always. Brown. <laughs> Dean Eddie Bowler. Hey, Bowler. Cheers, buddy. Take care. See you down the blues soon. Cheers. Good night. See you, mate. <laughs>